Hello, my name is Shirley and welcome to episode 3 of Discovery Stage. In today's episode, we'll be talking about uncertainty, fear and perfectionism. Conditions will never be perfect. Sufficient knowledge will rarely be at hand. Information will never be complete. Support may be absent. How should we deal with the uncertainty we face in everyday life? How should we deal with the innate uncertainty woven through all creative endeavour? Well, Carl Jung would say boldness, and I agree. The two gremlins of uncertainty are apathy and fear. And I believe the only way to conquer apathy and fear is to embrace uncertainty. Look it dead in the eye, get to know it, grow to love it. For if everything is uncertain, then everything is protein, it's all possibility. And what could be better than that? My personal project over the past year or so has been to face those gremlins of fear and apathy, to take risks and to try and be bold, while laughing at the many, many, many failures. It gets easier, the approach gets lighter, and accepting that there is no finished end point, no point at which the uncertainty problem will disappear is fundamental. Make uncertainty your friend, And a good entry point for that is through creative practice. I've written two poems in response to thinking more deeply about uncertainty over the past few weeks, and I'd like to share them with you. After. Speak into candles. Hold up your hair. Go inside quickly. What do they know about who you are? Meaning will dissolve like clouds. There will be no rescue. Everyone will move around senselessly in darkened rooms in emergency bodies. Uncanny entity. The noise died away. All was dead silence. There was no one to be seen, nor an atom of meaning. Conditions are never perfect, sufficient knowledge rarely at hand. Blind loyalty to crippling conditions clung to mercilessly. It is hard to claim victory. Support is fickle, support courts approval, gestural, it dissipates. An uncanny entity, all that is past must be handed over. All that is past must conform to a new vision, which is still so uncertain on its feet. Uncertainty in our regular life can often be glossed over with a veneer of societal control, with categorizations and long-term plans, with a stratified society with everything in its place, regardless of whether it wants to be there or not. We are all living through very uncertain times at the moment. Many of the reassuring societal fallacies of control are being stripped away. And we are being revealed as what we always were, jumblies who have gone to sea in a sieve. I adored Edward Lear as a child, and he was an excellent grounding in the ridiculous fallacy of human attempts to control and our deeply embedded hubris. They went to sea in a sieve they did, in a sieve they went to sea. In spite of all their friends could say, on a winter's morn, on a stormy day, in a sieve they went to sea. 
I love that poem. Anyway, the day has never been stormier, so let's get in our sieves and set sail. Creative practice, art, writing, dance, music, is a place where you can really face uncertainty, play with it, work with it, appreciate it. For what is more uncertain than the blank page? In making art, in any creative practice, you need to respond authentically. And for that, uncertainty is a necessary player. Art happens between you and something, a subject or an idea. It's a collaboration, a relationship. And like all relationships, it is based upon a level of uncertainty. Uncertainty unfriended can become a deeply troubling concept. It can lead to fear and apathy. If you've ever felt yourself claiming perfectionism, and I used to do that all the time, that is the fear talking. Creative fear can manifest as perfectionism and may be a sign that you're trying to exert too much control, that you're becoming unnerved by uncertainty. The crippling fear of putting that first mark on a canvas, that is the inability to embrace uncertainty. We all struggle with this, it's human nature. But the more you just even recognise it in yourself, the more you can lean into it and work with it. The two exercises I outlined in the first episode are really good ways to work with creative uncertainty. I'll quickly go over them again. When I was in first year at uni, a lecturer once told me in response to an essay which I'd written, You didn't so much answer the question as run past it screaming. I remember the essay. It was on Robert Louis Stevenson's short Thrawn Janet. I was so in love with the story that writing about it in a critical manner seemed beyond me. I feel like I might have run past the creative prompts in last week's episode screaming, to be honest. I knew what I meant, and you, of course, all must be mind readers. Anyway, here's a little recap of the creative exercises I suggested last time. So the two exercises that I talked about in the first episode were blind drawing and notebooking or collecting a word button. Um, I think I kind of went over them quite quickly. Um, so I'll just go over them in a wee bit more detail. Um, the blind drawing can be done anywhere in many ways. It's, it's a really good exercise to take outside, um, to do out in the landscape, um, to even do if you're back at work. On a break time, you can draw anything and you just need a pad and a pencil. Um, If you're at home, you can use paints and things, different things, ink. Um, But all it really means is that you look out into the world, you look at your subject, whatever that is, either a person or a landscape or just a room. And without looking at your paper, um, your drawing materials, you just draw. Draw, try and, and do it for a full few minutes without looking down at your picture. Make a few of them, keep doing it um, and, and use different materials. The, the thing about it is that it removes the, the the expectation to create some kind of perfect piece of art. It gets you past a block and also 
often you just don't have any ideas of what to draw or you're a bit stuck and it just kind of loosens that up. You know you're going to be making drawings that are probably going to be thrown away. They might within them contain some ideas for bigger pieces, but on their own, there's no expectation for them. And that really is the joy of blind drawing. Um, if, if you look it up online, there'll be other sort of ideas and things, but it's a really good, when I want to draw and I really just, I'm stuck and I don't have any ideas or I'm feeling a bit down and um, blind drawing is what I tend to go to. Um, and the other thing, the keeping a notebook, it's it's invaluable. I love it. Um, I have so many now of these books lying about and they're all sort of jumble and sometimes dipping into them. It's like a sort of mental time travel because you'll read bits that you've written a long time ago and it takes you automatically back to that place and, and that time. And so it's a really interesting way of sort of journaling your life without it being so personal without you having to talk about you um sometimes I will just write little thoughts words things from other books things from films um music that I'm enjoying listening to things I hear on the bus um a thought that I have um aphorisms that come to mind and I just collect them and often if I want to write a piece of poetry or a longer story, I'll go back and I kind of, I'll flick through them at random and just see what page opens. And I like to kind of treat it like a sort of synchronicity that, that I'll be taken to the place I need to be. Um, it's, it's basically, it's like this brilliant toolbox really of, of, of words and, and, and thoughts and ideas that you can always tap into that are your own. Um, I sometimes just really enjoy reading through them for no purpose, whatever, really. I just playing with the words, like I said, like with the buttons and the button tin, they're just lovely to run your fingers through. Um, so, yeah, I hope you're trying it and um, giving it a go and getting something from it. Um, I know I do. And if you still haven't given either of the ideas a wee go, then I really do recommend it. It's it's. That there are habits that I, th I think, I hope, I hope you'll enjoy. Um, that's the aim. Habits. We all use habits to deal with the innate uncertainty which we face in our lives. Some habits are good, some are less so, and some we actively wish we could break. I want to advocate developing a host of creative habits, weaving them into your daily life, making them a part of you. Habits which are joyous and enlivening, habits which tap into boldness and bravery. We should all try to develop artistic habits. That really is where the good stuff is. Let's make a compromise with reality. Recognise it, but also express ourselves fully creatively within it. Don't focus on giving up bad habits without rewarding yourself with joyous ones to put in their place. I have one bad habit that I'm trying to tackle right now um, with mixed results. So ever since lockdown started, my relationship with my phone has increased. It's gotten also a little bit toxic, maybe. I suspect I'm not alone. Um... I was often waking up and starting to scroll through social media immediately. Well, I still am often waking up and scrolling through social media immediately. So rather than beat myself up about it, I thought I would start just trying to replace that habit with a 
better habit because, as I said, habits are inevitable, especially under periods of uncertainty as a sort of self-soothing mechanism. So what I've started doing is every morning, as soon as I wake up, I've been writing down my dreams. I keep a notepad and, and pen right beside the bed. Um, if I can't remember my dreams, I've just been writing down how I feel, um, my hopes for the day, things that I might be thankful for. Um, when I can remember my dream, I write it down. It does tend to lead me somewhere that feels positive, um, somewhere where I was supposed to go. I had a breakthrough with a horrible dream recently where just the act of writing it seemed to clear something out of me. So after I've written some bits and bobs in my notepad, it varies. Sometimes I'll kind of hit something and write for pages. Sometimes I just write a couple of sentences or a thought or just even like, oh, I don't want to write anything today. But once I've done that, I get up and try and work on a little bit of art. I put coffee on to brew and just without thinking too much, um, try and conquer a blank page. Um, sometimes I just do a doodle um, and sometimes the work kind of develops. I end up doing more and end up with work I'm pleased with. But sometimes it's just ephemeral. It's, it's just the action that's been worthwhile. Even the tiniest of drawings, it sets your psyche into creative mode. Um, you tell yourself that it's, it's good and it's safe to express yourself in the world. Sometimes I get completely swallowed up in the process and I'll end up painting a full piece or starting a whole new project. The action of creating, it, it taps into something which wants to be out in the world, um, something that wants to come through you, that, that sometimes we interrupt, it's there in our subconscious while we sleep. We wake up to it and, and often we shut it down just by engaging with um, technology and the world and other people too quickly. So just give yourself that moment in the morning. Uh, try it, it really, really works. Arm yourselves with notebooks, sketch pads, pens, pencils. They are your creative weapons. Reason should trust intuition. We experience the world purely through sensuous and emotional experience. Yet we are quick to dismiss sense and emotive instinct in the face of reason and rationale. Now, obviously reason has its place, but it should not be entirely running the show. Instinct can be sensuous, immediate, poetic. Imagination and instinct are often suffocated by our need to know what next and our need to exert control upon our environment. Reason well executed always falls back on imagination and a good intuitive relationship with our instincts. Ideas like these are the basis of Keats' idea of negative capability. Keats said that to embody neg negative capability was to be capable of being in uncertainties, mysteries and doubts without any irritable reaching after fact and reason. He said, he never yet has been able to perceive how anything can be known for truth by consecutive reasoning alone. Let's try and accept life and experience in all its uncertainty, mystery, doubt and half-knowledge and then turn that experience into imagination and art. I'll soon be launching a discovery stage print zine which I really want to be a collaborative work. 
I'll soon be inviting you all to submit things, writing, art, thoughts, etc. Again, this is a work in progress, so a website will have to be realised, built, whatever, magicked into existence. Um, more info will be on the next episode. And like I said, you can always get um, information on our Instagram page. Um, the first print zine will be on the theme, Make Your Experiment working with uncertainty so you can have a rethink about those ideas and do your journaling and stuff and then in the next episode i'll let you know how you can submit some work for our print scene um just for i say goodbye i would like to finish on a quote from thus spake zarathustra by frederick nietzsche um i love it so it always really inspires me are you a new strength and a new right a first motion, a self-propelling wheel. Can you also compel stars to revolve about you? It's good, huh? Anyway, thank you for listening. My name is Shirley and I will meet you all again for the next episode of Discovery Stage. Stay safe, stay creative. Bye.